Hey, just let's take a moment while you're standing. Would you close your eyes? Would you lift your hands towards heaven if you are comfortable to do that? I would love to pray. Lord, as we come before you today, we know that you are the God who heals us of all our diseases. And we're believing that you will touch us with healing today. Let hope be released. Let life be released. Let heaven be released into our world in this place. In Jesus' name, somebody say amen. Come on. Let's thank the Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. Amen. Good to see you guys. Everybody doing good? Awesome. We are glad that you are here today. Uh, we're going to have a special treat today. You're going to hear from five of our upcoming leaders in the house, next generation uh, leaders, one, two, three, four, five, and uh, we're going uh, to have a great time this morning. Uh, you know, our church is, it's one of the values of our church that that we place a lot of value on the previous generations because we know we're standing on the shoulders of somebody. We all are. Uh, we're all sitting in a seat that more than likely somebody else paid for uh, in so many ways. And uh, so we put a lot of value on the previous generation, but we put a lot of value on the next generation because we know God is always doing something in each generation. And one of the things that, that I love about our church is I think we understand this idea is that we're not just, we are a generation leading the church and then next generation is coming up and they're going to get to lead one day. We're just including everybody in. We're all this generation right now. So, so, so the thing that I've had a passion for over the last few months and I've been uh, preaching it some and talking about it and I believe some of you are sharing this with me, is I really am believing that this generation, this year's version of the Rock Church be the best version ever. Like right now, us. And the, what that is going to mean is we're 28 years old this year, and uh, you know what, what that is going to mean is that, that if we are not just a group of people who come to a building to be entertained on Sunday. Amen. Am I right? But but we we are the church. So we are the worshipers. We are the ones who love on others. We are the ones who serve. We are the ones who give. We are the ones who, who are a part of advancing the kingdom in the earth. And so I'm just believing for that. What we've got today is a group of uh, guys that are going to share some thoughts on the idea of connections. Everybody say connections. Yes. Few, uh, a couple months back, um, I had a guy that I was talking to that was kind of coaching me and then coaching our church, and we went through a, a survey that uh, has been used for the last 30 or 40 years. It kind of gets upgraded and updated, 
It's called Natural Church Development. They've done it with about 100,000 churches uh, all around the world, different cultures, different, you know, decades. And um, so we took this survey. We had a handful of people from our church. We had some of our pastoral team involved in leadership team in taking this survey. And our church graded out as like the best church on planet Earth. Uh, well, not really, but but what we did grade out as is an extremely healthy church in a lot of ways. But one area that we saw that we could go from great to greater was the area of connections. And so we just have been exploring this whole idea of how do we enhance connections better within our church and how do how do we just help that happen for everybody that's one of the reasons we have the ladies event just a couple of weeks ago that's one of the reasons we're getting our men together um, this friday is to get people connected to each other because an isolated life is never going to fulfill destiny it's got to you got to be connected to other people and that's what's being part of the house of god is so these guys have all been assigned to share a thought on connections today. And I'm just going to ask one thing before I let them loose, and that is this. Um, you, everybody should have the opportunity to stand up here and look at you. All right. Everybody just, just fake a smile. I mean, just, come on. Good. <laughs> That's pretty fake. Good job. Um, I want, to ask you, I want to ask you to do this. Would you, like, totally lean in and let these guys know that you're for them, every one of them? Could you give them a hand? Come on, let's welcome these guys. Well, good morning. I am so honored to be with you. My name is Justin Conway. Now, for many of you, I'm the bald guy that sings on the worship team. And I'm honored to be that guy. Thank you. And for many others, I'm oftentimes confused with Jeremiah or Mike Bolser. It's a bald thing. We easily confused. Now, I'm normally pretty cool with that comparison, but if something goes wrong, it was definitely Mike Bolser that did it. <laughs> Guys, I want to begin my time with you today with a story. And I want to start my story with this picture. Now, this picture is very special to me for a lot of reasons. It's got my beautiful wife, Amber, in it. Yeah. And it's a very raw picture. It's a very in the moment. It shows passion, shows just our commitment to worship, and I love it. But I got to tell you, life didn't always look like that for me. Years before I came to the Rock Church, I was in a broken season. I was in a season of life where I didn't know if I believed in God. I didn't know what I believed in. I wasn't being the man of God I should be. I wasn't making good decisions. When I did go to church, I was very critical I was sitting there and I was judging everything that was going on, who was wearing what, who was saying what, were they authentic, is this real? Now God healed me from that season. And when he healed me, he placed in me this passion, this desire, A, to find a great church, but to utilize some of the gifts that I felt like he had blessed me with for his glory, for his kingdom. So my wife and I get married, we move to Asheville and we find the Rock Church. And we visit it several times but we're sitting near the back. Hey, back row people, I love you all. <laughs> um, I was one of you. <laughs> so um, we, were, we were visiting, I was sitting near the back, I wanted to duck out early, I came in late, and I was fighting, even during that time, to not be critical, to give it a chance. There was this thing I kept seeing about this men's event, 
And I was just like, ah, I'm going to go. I'm going to give that a shot. I'm going to try to give this a chance and make a connection. So I went to the men's event, and it was an awesome night. I met some guys. The service was great. The music was wonderful. But something was stirring in me to make a connection, a real one. So I started to leave. I was inching toward the back door, and I turned around, and I saw Greg Varney right here at the stage. And I wanted to come and just tell him, hey, I appreciate what you guys do. I know how difficult it is. You all are wonderful. And that few-minute conversation turned into a two-hour conversation in the back over dessert, which turned into me being at worship rehearsal the next week. Now, a couple things happened in that moment. One, it was an act of courage for me to want to come up and talk to somebody. But for two, and probably most importantly, Greg wasn't too busy for a new guy. Greg didn't have a cooler group of friends he could go immediately connect with and ignore me. He, well, he actually probably did, um, especially when he got to know me. Um, but Greg laid down his pride, laid down hours of his time, didn't rush off to somewhere better to meet somebody new. And that conversation, it made me stick. It made me want to come back. It made me want to get involved and utilize my gifts for this house for God's glory. Now, I want to share a verse with you, and I want to share a challenge with you. And this verse is from Hebrews 13. It says, stay on good terms with each other, held together by love. Be ready with a meal or a bed when it's needed. Why? Some have extended hospitality to angels without ever knowing it. Regard prisoners, I love this, as if you were in prison with them. Look on victims of abuse as if what happened to them had happened to you. Now, that verse... This challenges me in a lot of ways, speaks to me. I think that's God's voice saying, this is how you should do church. This is how you should connect with each other. What happened to them happened to me. Your brokenness is my brokenness. Church is the ultimate connection place. We're all here to get connected and praise God. If we can't connect here in our brokenness, in our pasts, and all of that, where else are we going to connect? I want to connect my heart with yours, my story with your story, my past with yours, because I bet it's similar, and hopefully we can connect our futures together. So I want to challenge you with something. Could you be the one? Could you be the one to take a step forward and make a connection and take an act of courage? Could you be the one to lay down your pride for a few minutes, maybe get to lunch a little bit later than you wanted to, and talk to a new person? Could you be the one, if somebody raises their hand in your section, to take them to prayer, to teach them how to pray, to get them to next steps, to VIP Central, to starting point, get them baptized? Could you be that one that takes the next Justin Conway that's sitting in the back rows, brings him up to a conversation, brings him over to a relationship, and brings him up here to his calling? Could you be that one? Now, guys, I am overwhelmingly blessed with what God's done in my life through connections, through this church, and I cannot wait in this next season to see what God does in your lives. Thank you. Well, I'm Greg. Hey, Uh, I've been at this church for 20 years now. That's a lot of minutes. <laughs> I've been on our staff team for 15, just filling different roles, and just living the dream. It's a beautiful thing. And I want to take a moment and, 
introduce this idea to you. Don't wait, initiate. Don't wait, initiate. Our scriptures are full of something that we call the one another's of the Bible. They're found throughout the New Testament. There's a hundred, mentioned a hundred times in the New Testament alone, the one another's. There's too many to list, but I wanted you to see a few of them. Love one another. Honor one another. Stop judging one another. That one stings a little bit, doesn't it? (laughs) Serve, pray for, accept, forgive, encourage, instruct, prefer one another. And that's just a short list right there. Uh, God is calling us to something, to one another with each other. And that last one, the, the prefer one, I've been really trying to get these one another ideas into my mouth. Like get actually saying them and trying to live them out in a way and make it real practical in my life. And so when I drive through beautiful Asheville, North Carolina, and some lovely person comes by and pulls right in front of me or flies 20 miles per hour over the speed limit, <laughs> I literally do this now, guys. I go, I prefer you. I say it because I'm trying to get it in my life because I want, there's a challenge in those scriptures and I want to make it part of myself. The New Testament church is a group of people who have been called to one another, one another. We've been called to actually live this out and to be, face these challenges and how do we serve each other and how do we love each other. And it's a complicated thing to do when you're sitting in rows. It's something best done when you're face-to-face in a small group. We're actually building a relationship. You start getting one another church when you start building connections with one another. And it comes with one more step. Somebody has to initiate. When the call of God goes out and says to all of us in the room, serve one another, who goes first? Someone's got to start. Don't wait. Initiate. Be the person to actually get the things going first. It's a command for all of us, but someone has to be preemptive with it, has to get the thing going. I was invited all those years ago when I came, 20 years ago, as a college student, and uh, my friend included me. She served me by inviting me to church. It changed everything. Half of my life has gone by, wrapped up in the rock church in this kingdom. It's happening right here. I, I just am so grateful, but she was obeyed. And included me, served me. She went first. She didn't hesitate. She initiated something and included me into something. I know because I've done it myself that there's a blessing on your life when you obey the Lord, but there's also a breakthrough for the other person. It was broke through, it broke through for me. It's so beautiful. My life is going on and married my, my, my college friend at the time, came to church that day with me. We're now husband and wife. Years have gone by. We have these two beautiful girls. This is Nora. Nora and Margot. They're adorable, they're fun, they're lively, they are passionate. We're hoping they grow into confident, Christ-filled young women. Uh, They are a lot of fun, if you know them. They are a blast. They do a lot of one another's with each other, and one of those is fight with one another. (laughs) They're really good at that one. And uh, they'll be in the room, and they'll be both hands on a toy, each person a hand on a toy, a vice grip, and it starts with words like no and mine, and it gets louder, and all of a sudden mommy is yelled at some point, and then you just hear screaming, you know, over a toy. And we, from the other room, whatever we're doing, will say, share with one another. This command comes out from the father, and they are faced with a choice in the moment, and they find themselves at a stalemate. They've both been given the command, who's going to go first? Who's going to do it? In, in those moments, it's, it's, it's usually the more mature one who will actually go, yeah, okay, because they just know they're not going to win against the two-year-old. But when it comes with us, how does that work with us? When it's you and the person beside of you and you've both been called to forgive one another, 
who's, who's going first in that situation? When it's you and the person at work that you're having a hard time getting along with, who's going to serve first? The Father's given you the command. Do, do you move forward with it? You and the person whose socio-political views are at high contrast to yours. Who is going to prefer one another first? My challenge to you is to not to wait, but to initiate. So when God gives us an opportunity to one another, each other, and he does all the time, that's what relationships are. If you find yourselves in a stalemate, don't wait. Initiate. If you have been given reasons like we have been to pull back, to get isolated, God the Father is saying, love first. Don't wait. Initiate in those moments. Hey, this is the word of God. There is blessing for your life when you obey it, when you obey him, when you know him. But there's also breakthrough for the other people involved in the situation. I couldn't encourage you enough. Don't wait. Initiate. Thanks, guys. Good, good morning. <laughs> I'm Elizabeth Roberts, and I've been on staff for almost three and a half years now. And I've been a Roberts going on three years in January. And I don't have a picture of my husband, but he's really hot. He's running sound, and he controls my microphone. So I have to be really nice, right? Um, before I was a Roberts, I was a Bowman. So mommy and daddy to me are Pastor Kirk and Pastor Suzette to you guys. And I have literally grown up here, not figuratively. I've been here almost my entire life, every day. <laughs> So every Sunday, every Wednesday, almost every single day of my life, I was here in this church, but I loved it. I loved church, and I loved coming to church mostly because my friends were here, and we would play all the time. We were the first here and the last to leave, and if you saw the guitar player right here, that's Dakota. He was my best friend ever, and we would run around in the lawn outside, which you don't see anymore because we're building our new lobby on it. Amen. But we were running around all the time. We had so much fun, and I have nothing but fond memories of being here all the time. But then, you know, you grow up a little bit, and my friends weren't all here anymore. So uh, some people moved, some people left, and it really shook me as a kid to have your friends leave. So I decided to put all of my eggs in one basket, as my parents would say, and I started focusing my attention and energy on friends at school rather than friends here. So, and by the way, you're not supposed to put all of your eggs in one basket. It's not allowed, apparently. <laughs> But in high school, I got really involved in sports, and I made new friends through the sports, and it became a very normal thing for me to not show up at church because of a game, or I showed up late because of practice, or I didn't want to come to an event because I wanted to hang out with my friends from school or a football game or whatever, and it became completely consuming for me. And then, you know, my, you know, my high school friends weren't bad. I don't think they were the best influence on me. I w they weren't helping me move forward in life by any means. They were probably helping me drag along a little bit. But life hit again, and I graduated high school. And those best friends that I thought I was going to have forever and ever um, were no longer a part of my life. And I was completely disconnected from everything. So I was not connected here. 
I wasn't connected with my friends anymore. And honestly, it was probably the most disconnected I've ever been to God and my relationship with God. So I graduated. In the summer after I graduated, I decided I'm going to go to Nicaragua with our church. Yeah, it was really awesome. And it was literally a life-changing turning of events for me. I went with acquaintances that I had known throughout high school and talked to. Um, and I came back with friends and deeper connections with anyone that I had ever had before. They weren't just, you know, like your, um, what is it? Whenever they're not really, they're fake, you're fake friends. <laughs> I don't know, I lost my place. <laughs> but I remember I came to a point in my life that I got back from the trip and I had a new passion for God and I had a new passion for church and I now had friends that I was doing it with. It wasn't just high school, nothing. This was a new passion and we were all going forward with it. So I came home from the trip and I was reading my Bible and Psalms 2, the very last line in the message version, popped out at me. It said, but if you make a run for God, you won't regret it. But if you make a run for God, you won't regret it. And I remember reading that over and over and I felt this drive in my heart and in my spirit and a passion to run for God. But it wasn't just me by myself anymore. It was my friends who were serving with me at church and we were having fun doing it and we were all going forward. So <laughs> I came to realize in that season that my dad had been right all along. <laughs> who knew? Wait, what did you just say? Who knew Wait. that your parents could be right? What? All along. All along. So one of our values here is that relationships matter a lot. And my dad preached that to me all the time growing up. So what you guys are hearing him preach, he literally preached to me every single day that I was in high school. It wasn't that tough. <laughs> and I think I might have inspired a lot of those messages, by the way. <laughs> but he constantly told me, relationships can either grow you or shrink you. And it's, what is it, the dogs, if you hang out with dogs with fleas, you get fleas kind of a thing. Um, iron sharpens iron. So... Yes to friends outside of this place, because we need to have connections with people outside of this place in order to bring them into this place. But the importance of the friends that are in this building, of people who are believing for healing for you, restoration for you, encouraging you, have the same morals and values as you and principles in life, these relationships here are the foundation for you to move forward and to grow in life. So really, relationships are important. And they really do matter a lot. Thanks, Dad. Good stuff. Well, good morning, church. My name is Jeremiah Fisher. I am the student ministries director here at the church. Thank you. Thank you. 
Um, I've been on staff for about a year and a half, and I've actually been attending the Rock Church for a little over six and a half years. Easter Sunday, 2011, I sat right back there, just like Justin, my twin, right back there uh, trying to hide from everybody. And so I uh, love this place, love my pastors, and so, so glad to be here. And so, you know, I just want to share a quick story about myself. I was a freshman in college. I had just started dating this girl. Uh, things were going great. Things were going awesome. And, uh, you know, one month turned into one year, and then one year turned into five whole years. Now, I don't know about you guys, but that's kind of a long time. I mean, I'm in college, like, oh, my gosh, that's so long. And so five whole years. And how many of you guys know that sometimes things need to come to an end, right? And so, you know, there are some things that were going on, and uh, we ended up breaking up. And, and honestly, I was, it was hard for me. Like, I was hurt. Uh, I was angry about the situation. I was angry at her. Uh, I, was, I was hurt, and, and I was, honestly, I was fearful for what, what the future held for me. What, what is my future going to be? This girl just left, and, and who am I going to marry now? Uh, and honestly, it kind of left me feeling like life was over. Uh, but uh, thank God that, that life wasn't over at that point. You know, I had, I honestly, I had put so much time and I put so much effort and energy into trying to make this relationship work. And on, there's, there are so many times that I, I questioned God and I said, God, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this to me? I think we've all kind of been in that position that we start to question God, like, God, why me? Why, why is this happening? Maybe it's the, an end of a relationship. Maybe the, uh, you know, friendship that has, has went separate ways. Or maybe it's a job, a lost job, uh, something along those lines. We've all been in that position. But we can all look back. I can look back now and I can know that God had a plan, that, that he needed that relationship to end for something new to begin. And that new beginning for me led me to this church. It led me to God ordained, God designed friends and relationships in small groups and in volunteering. It led me to my destiny in, in leading the next generation of this church. But most importantly, it led me to my amazing wife, Heather. I mean, isn't she a beautiful? I mean, we've been married for about three and a half years, and God always has a plan. God knew exactly what he was doing when he paired this beautiful, smart, talented, creative woman with me. I'm none of those things. The only thing I bring to the table is I'm funny. That's about it. So it's about all I got going for me. But things have to come to an end for a new beginning to start. I love what it says in John chapter 15, verses 1 and 2. And it says, I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. See, God, God's not trying to hurt you. We, sometimes we get confused like, God, why are you doing this to me? God's not trying to hurt you. He's trying to give you and bring you something even better. You know, I never would have known my wife. I never would have known all of my amazing friends. I never would have known my destiny if that relationship hadn't ended. 
but things have to come to an end for a new beginning to start. And so God, he, he will remove certain people. He'll remove certain relationships. He'll remove certain jobs in your life. And we get confused. We get upset. But he's got a plan to connect you with the right people, the right friends, the right job that's perfectly just for you. It's funny, we, we, get, we get fearful, we get nervous. God, why are you doing this? The, what does my future look like? Why are you taking these people? Why are you taking this job from me? And, and we, get, we get nervous. What does the future hold for me? Just like I was seven years, however long ago it was, we get nervous. Like, God, why are you doing this? What is happening? But, and maybe you're in that position this morning, but God has a plan for you. God has an amazing plan for your future. It says in Jeremiah 29, 11, that God has a plan to prosper you, to bring you a better future, to bring you bigger and better things, to bring you something absolutely more amazing. But one thing has to end before a brand new thing can begin. And it's something that God has ordained in your life. Thank you so much. Good morning, church. I'm so happy to be with you guys this morning. My name is Jessica Spence, and my incredible husband, Eric, and I have been here for the last, yes, he deserves a woohoo too. Yeah, he, he lives with me. He needs a big woohoo. No, we have been here for the last seven and a half years, and we are so blessed. In that time, we've had our three beautiful children. I want to show you a little pictures of these kiddos. I know. Aren't they sweet? Now, I'm, I'm looking at this picture. I have to tell you, okay? I'm glad you're sitting down for this. I had these children in 2011, 2012, and 2013. So now you're all thinking I'm either crazy or I'm a superhero, and I'm hoping it's the latter. But no, we love our kids, and we're glad that they've had the opportunity to grow up in this house. I want to talk to you this morning about the power of your personal connections. Now, I happen to be a very independent person. Just ask my husband. I'm very task-oriented, and I'm very introverted. And honestly, I didn't understand the depth of my personal need for connection until I went through a very difficult season of my life. And that was after I had my third child in a row. And that year proved to be a very difficult, very hard year for me. And I remember just living in a constant state of exhaustion and guilt. I mean, I couldn't get it all done and it was never done to my standard. Any mamas know what I'm talking about? And I was drowning in diapers and milk and spending every day of my life with little people who couldn't even speak intelligible sentences. And that same year, my dad was diagnosed with cancer. And in his initial consultation with his doctor, they basically said he didn't have long to live. That same year, Eric's job responsibilities had shifted at work, and so his availability at home was very limited. And when he was at home, we were just trying to maintain. And I felt lonely, and I felt isolated, and I was really more disconnected than I had ever been before. And I remember feeling so desperate and angry that I just cried out to God, and I said, God, I can't do this anymore. And one of the things that helped pull me out of that dark season of life was people. It was people who showed up for me. And it wasn't just any people. It was people of God. It was people in the house of God. It was you guys showing up for me when I needed you. And sometimes that was just a hug. 
It was just a smile or a word of encouragement. And there were people who cried with me, and there were people who reminded me that I could laugh. Some of you guys showed up for me at my house with a hot meal for my family when I needed it the most. And you guys get like triple bonus points for that, for feeding my family. <laughs> See, the people that you surround yourself with are important because people actually have the power to shift your life in a particular direction. And in the world, you'll find competition and comparison and criticism and negativity and judgment. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's the people of God who have the greatest capacity to shift you in the direction of God's word and of his goodness and of his faithfulness. And that's what I needed in that moment. See, the enemy of our souls wants to make us feel isolated from the people who could help us the most. He doesn't want us to feel encouraged. He doesn't want us to feel loved or to be reminded of God's goodness. And he will feed you any lie possible to make you feel isolated from the ones who could reach out and help you. And that's why it's so easy when you're in a dark season of life and you're struggling, it's easy to pull away. You know, we want to pull away from people. We want to pull away from the house of God. We don't want to be in church. I want to look at this verse in Hebrews 10. It says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and of good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Church, God wired us for connection. And we are a family and we need each other. And we need to stay planted in the house of God, especially in those difficult moments of life. And if you're sitting here this morning and you're in a season where your faith is strong and your heart is tuned in with the Holy Spirit, I want to tell you, do not ever underestimate your ability to be that person who shows up for somebody else. Because you might be the one that takes them out of that darkness and into the light. Our connections are powerful. They are so powerful. And I want to encourage you this morning to choose to be surrounded by people who will point you in the direction of a father, a father who loves you, a father who wants relationship with you, and a father who will never leave you and will never forsake you. Amen. So good. Amen. We should just do this every week. This so good, guys. You know, uh, I'm listening to them uh, talk, and, and I think all of us can consider times where uh, we have felt disconnected, where we have felt isolated. And you may have even, at a point, felt like you were connected to the right people going in the right direction, but... Life is, can be crazy sometimes, and the enemy works hard to get people to isolate, to get people to disconnect, and no one is ever going to fulfill their destiny alone. So, of course, the enemy loves to try to get us to isolate. And you might even show up to church here uh, on a regular basis or every once in a while, but you know in your heart you're not really connected to the house of God, which isn't just 
coming to a church service, it's, it's connected to the family. It's, it's being a part of a spiritual family that walks with you through life. And uh, I just have a heart for, for those of us here that might feel like we're just kind of slugging it out alone. And we're not really uh, joined to people that love us, that we feel like are supporting us. And, and it, it's a both thing for sure. Uh, and I want to pray today. So I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And let me just pray a prayer. Holy Spirit, I'm praying today that you will touch our hearts and bring healing to us, Lord, so that we can connect, so that we will not be isolated, God, but that we will find those people who are our friends in the journey of life, who are our partners in destiny in life. I'm praying for every person in this room that, that feels isolated or has become isolated, that you will give them grace and you will give them courage and you will bring into their world amazing friends that can help them live the life that you have for them. Just remain in a prayer posture for a moment. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I just want to take this last couple of minutes that we're together and give us an opportunity. Maybe you're here today and you've never made the biggest and most important connection, and that is the connection of your relationship with Jesus. You, you've never just really submitted your life to Jesus and allowed him to be the Lord of your life. He is so for you and is such an incredible thing. We're singing this song a little earlier about Jesus changes everything. And I'm thinking back to myself, 18 years old, uh, just giving my life to Christ, not even knowing what that meant, but just knowing I wanted God in my life and the, the radical transformation that Jesus brought into my world, he wants to bring into your world today. And I just want to give you an opportunity, I'm not asking you to get your act together. I'm asking you to hand your heart over to a God who's for you. Maybe you're here today and you used to be close to God, but you know you're not there today. You're not where you want to be, where you used to be, where you could be, where you know you should be. And I would love to pray today and let's let's get reconnected in our relationship with the Lord. Or maybe you just feel unsure. You don't feel confident about where you stand with God. Nobody's looking around. We're going to be done in just a few moments in this service, but maybe the most important part of this entire meeting is for you right now. You've never given your life to Christ, but you want to, or you've fallen away from him and you know it's time to come home, or you feel unsure about where you stand with God, but you want to feel sure. And you say, Pastor, would you pray with me? I just want you to lift your hand real high all over this room. God bless you, sir. Come on. God bless you right here. God bless you over here, over here, over here. God bless you. Thanks. So many hands. Just honest before God. I don't want anybody to walk out of this room without a sense of my life is in the hands of this incredible God who is so for me, who loves me so much. Anybody else that says, hey, include me in this prayer. I want to be a part of this. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you so much. We're going to pray together. This is for everybody who lifted their hand, but I think it would be great if we all said this prayer out loud together. So everybody join with me. Let's pray this. Everybody say, Jesus, I come to you to give you my life. 
to ask you in to my world to be my Lord. I need you. I want you as a Lord of my life. I know I've sinned. I've messed up. But I come to the cross where you paid the price for my forgiveness. Today is a fresh start, a new beginning as I surrender to Jesus as my Lord. Help me become the person you created me to be. Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord. Amen. Thank you, guys.